for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified podcast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, a returning special guest. We have Ray Raddick. How's it going today, Ray? I'm well. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Staying busy, you know, just living the double life of doing the live and amplified stuff and working and just trying to keep my head on, period. Absolutely. It's definitely, it's been one of those weeks. I think someone told me Mercury is in retrograde and you know, that's just the artist's life in general is trying to keep a day job and then also follow your passion. Yeah. And then my boss uh, threw a 180 at me a couple days ago. She's like, Oh, I'm leaving town for a week and uh, you're in charge now. And I'm like, wait, what? Um, run that one back, back past me again. I'm, I'm a little concerned now. So but, I, would, uh, I would like a few days notice. Thank you. Yes. And so uh, all next week, it's like, cool. It's me. <laughs> it's me. So, but um, really excited to have you back on the podcast. And uh, it was quite interesting when you reached out to me, I was like, wait, I feel like we just had you on. And then you'd said why you wanted to come back on. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So um you gotta been really busy always really busy i believe we talked about the tour a little bit uh prior on the last episode but we did not talk about the uh, new single you got some new music coming out and uh the tour of course so uh let's kind of jump into the uh new single what's what do you got going on Oh, I'm super excited. So I have two new singles out, but the the second one isn't going to be released until August. So that's a little bit on the back burner. But the new one is hopefully going to drop in June and then a uh, a music video to follow in July. Mm -hmm. It's called Don't You Know It? And it is such a fun little bop. It's perfect for the summertime and country music and just driving around and singing along on a perfect, beautiful, sunny day. It's like a little bit of like a 70s vibe as well. So almost in the realm of in a memory, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people um, kind of reached out to me saying that they really enjoyed. So it's kind of in that same family, but a lot more fun. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, how long have you been kind of working on this song? Um, I wrote this song, I want to say a couple months ago, and then we didn't start recording until a month ago. So it's just been in the studio in and out trying to tweak some sounds, tweak some words. And um, of course, wanting to like get everything perfect for the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know exactly what you mean. Uh, is the so uh, the so you just released a single a couple of months ago. Now you got this one, and then you got another one coming out in um, you said August. 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 Um, is it all building to an EP, or are you just kind of staying singles right now? What's kind of the Yeah. So when I was in COVID, I was kind of releasing single by single just to Mm -hmm. kind of see how that grabbed people. And then last year in December of 2020, I released, or I'm sorry, 2021, I released uh, my full EP. And although that was really successful, it wasn't, um, wasn't as successful as I was hoping. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling society is kind of moving in a direction of just 
singles. Nobody really cares to sit down and listen to a whole album anymore. So I have a feeling in the next couple months or in the next couple of years, I'm really just going to be focusing on singles mm -hmm. because most people just want that anyway. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on something very interesting there. It is definitely during COVID, there was a time where it was like all singles just because people weren't able to get out there and play. And so everybody was trying to stay on top of the uh, spot. I almost said spirit, but Spotify algorithms and, uh, you know, iTunes charts and all that stuff. And so it definitely became like a singles market where now I think now that shows are starting to come back out, you'll mm -hmm. see a place for albums to come back out. But it's one of those things where it's going to kind of depend on how many shows you're playing. And if you're out touring consistently or if you're kind of staying in the same place I, I at least that's how I think so yeah that's true and it's it's interesting because I always I, I always have a plan for myself but you you have to be very open to society and the audience and so like I said right now I feel like the audience that I'm targeting is just mostly into singles and you know they just kind of want to add it to their their workout playlist or then add it to their like I don't know, like bedroom playlist, and it's not really like a full album thing mm -hmm. going on. So I'm just kind of like reading the room or AKA reading the world. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so um, this new, what was the name of the new song you said? It's called Don't You Know It. Won't You Know It? D with a D. Don't You oh, Know It? Don't You Know It. Gotcha. Like, don't you know I love you kind of a thing? Gotcha. Gotcha. I, for, I don't know why I heard it. Won't You Know It? I was like, wait, don't you know it? Got it. Oh. Uh, and you said you got a music video in the pipelines coming up afterwards. Uh, how, when's that, is that going to be like right after, or are you going to let it kind of permeate in the Spotify algorithms and then. Yeah. So um, first I'm going to focus on this tour because mm -hmm. this tour is going to take a lot out of me. So after that, which is going to be within the next week, week and a half, mm -hmm. then we're going to start shooting the music video, which okay. will be in June, early June. And then hopefully we'll have it done and edited by the end of June. And then, um, then I can release it. You know, like me, like I said, with Spotify, it depends mm -hmm. because you have to release, you have to submit like a month before. Yeah. So I'll definitely submit the song first. And then hopefully the music video, we can kind of get either within that same week or at least within a two, a two week window. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's like, I mean, that all makes sense. Spotify is weird in and of itself <laughs> with uh, how far ahead you got to do it. And then you got to do the pre-save, pre-save yeah. links and. There's just a whole to do about it, but that's true. A lot of people are like, oh, you just upload it. I'm like, yeah, it takes like a month. Yeah. Well, because they got to go through a verification process and then they got to do this whole thing. And it's like, I get it. I understand. It's not that simple. So, <laughs> um, and then I've even heard horror stories of Spotify not releasing it when it's supposed to be released because. You know, I don't know if you've ever had any horror experiences like that where Spotify, yeah. I was the worst. So The Soldier and the Bombshell, which is mm -hmm. one of my most beloved songs that I've ever written. I, I love all of my songs like my children, but that's like, that just hits home for me in so many different places. And I was so excited to release it. So when it dropped, it dropped at midnight. And then all of a sudden people were texting me and they were like, hey, just so you know, your song just like stops 
playing at like two minutes and 30 seconds. And I was like, what? This is my favorite song. So I, I listened myself and I was like, oh my gosh, it did cut out. So I emailed them like 50 emails. And I was like, you need to change this right now. I, this is my debut. So it was like, yeah. luckily they were very good. They were very professional. They mm -hmm. fixed it within 24 hours. Oh, wow. But I was so embarrassed because I couldn't, um, so if it releases at midnight, I like to do like a post the next yeah. day when people are awake and I couldn't do a post because I didn't want people to listen to my song yet. <laughs> so then people were, were DMing me and they were like, wait a second, wasn't your song supposed to be released today? Why aren't you yeah. marketing it? And I was like, okay. I'm like, and then I had to explain it to everyone and it was just like a whole ordeal. So that was my horror story and it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I feel that completely understood. It's uh. It, especially when it's like your debut debut it's it's a little nerve-wracking but luckily you rode through it like a champ and everything's mm -hmm. fine now and you were able to continue releasing music through spotify but you know it's one of those deals where with a company as big as spotify is there's going to be hiccups and mm -hmm. there's going to be they're going to prioritize unfortunately they're going to prioritize other things over you know independent music which yeah it is what it, it was, is but it was awful but i always like to remind myself in in moments of panic yeah. and i'm like well there's only so many things i can control this is out of my control in every way shape and form mm -hmm. and of course my beloved tattoo that says this too shall pass yep. so i'm like they're gonna figure this out i don't know when but they're gonna fix it and then everything's gonna be fine so just breathe through these these moments and try not to have a breakdown yeah for sure. It's always good advice to keep yourself chill and just remember, control what you can control. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I 100% agree. <laughs> um, so new single will be out. Do you have a specific date yet for the I don't have a specific date because we're still mastering it and mm. then I have to upload it through Spotify gotcha. so once I once I kind of get that okay from Spotify I'm thinking like I said the end of June so mm. possibly like the the second or the very very last week okay very good and you, so you want to get through this tour and then you'll start kind of uh leaning into everything and yeah that makes sense so yeah. Speaking of the tour, you're touring down to North Carolina, correct? I am, yes. Awesome. How's that? How's that? how long has this tour been in the works? So I I was booked to do this festival in North Carolina since I want to say January. So I always knew that that was my destination. And then I was talking to my management team. I said, hey, just so you know, I'm going to be away this date and this date because I'm going to North Carolina. And they were like, wait a second, why don't we just book you a little tour from New York yeah. to North Carolina? And I was like, that sounds amazing. So we're, we're kind of doing it. So they, they kind of booked all my, uh, all my other tours or my, all my other stops. So the first place I'm stopping is Greenbelt, Maryland. Okay. And then following that, we were trying to get Richmond, Virginia, but we mm. didn't get a confirmation yet. So that's actually still in the works. But I know for a fact, um, we're going to Salisbury, North Carolina. And then I think uh, there's, a, there's, some, there's one more. There's one more before we hit Raleigh. Okay. And uh, what, what's this uh, fest? It's a festival, right? You're doing in North Carolina? Yes. It's a balloon festival and it's all about like um, veterans and, mm -hmm. you know, bringing together country music and rock and all types of things. And 
I did it last year and I was just a little guest. So it was just like me and a guitarist and it was so much fun and we made such good friends. So this year they were kind enough to invite me back, but now I have my full band. So we're locked and loaded and it's going to be incredible because I love doing stuff solo, but when you have a band, it's a totally different vibe in the best way. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're at a festival, like it's, it, like depending on what kind of a festival it is if it's more of a songwriter festival that's one thing but mm -hmm. if it's like a big festival with a crowd you want that big energy you want that big time feel and there's just something about a solo acoustic act unless it's like a side stage where it's a little bit more intimate if you're a solo act on a big stage it's yeah just not gonna cut it at least in my opinion i could be 100 percent wrong but no it's true like it was it was a little tough last year to watch the other bands because i would sit in the audience to support and i'd be like oh i want to do that and i it was just like me solo acoustic so uh i'm just really excited this year and i've been planning for it ever since and you know we're all the band and i are so excited we're so amped so once again i had to make sure i got all my merch together and you know t-shirts and a tent in case it rains all that little those little details that nobody thinks about yeah absolutely it's a it's one of those things that people just assume oh i'm gonna go play shows and you hit the road and go and when you're trying to do it professionally and do it for real there's a lot of nuances people don't think about or understand Yes. And like, I mean, if you're by yourself, you can kind of bypass some of that stuff. But when you got a full band, you got to make sure there's places to sleep. You got to make sure you got gas money, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. And sometimes yeah. they're like, wait, like, are, are we playing for tips? Like, Abs oh. absolutely uh, not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> that would, we would go bankrupt real quick. Yeah. Unless you are like in an absolute pinch and a show canceled it's like okay maybe you'll play for tips but yeah other than that no you can't sustain a tour off of tips yeah and and what's interesting too is this is my first tour mm -hmm. so i don't really know what to expect i've kind of i went through a mental checklist in my head i thought about a, all these different scenarios but i don't know what i don't know so i'm yeah. interested and i'm absolutely terrified to see what i learn on the fly yeah well i mean Having been on only one tour myself, if as long as you've got money for gas and places to sleep, you're doing better than 98% of the independent tours out there. Okay, good. So just kind of leaving, the, leaving that one the where it is. But <laughs> I went on a tour where we slept in our cars for a week straight. So, yeah. Would you do that again? Oh, pro not a week straight. Like if I had to do it for like a weekend run, I'd be mm -hmm. all right with it. But a week straight, oh, my back was so shot. Like, because I did 99% of the driving and it was just one of those deals where it was like my back, my knees, my feet. After that, after that trip, I was literally not paralyzed, but like, I was walking like I was a 98-year-old man that was, yeah, in rough shape. A rough-shaped 98-year-old man. Yeah, so. I was watching, um, I think I was watching like some some kind of intimate acoustic evening with Jewel. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how she was, she hitchhiked for a bit. Um, I think like along, along a certain route. Mm -hmm. And she would sleep, um, she slept 
you know, wherever she could. Mm. And she slept in her car at one point. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I should do something like that. Maybe I should just channel Jewel and sleep in my car too. <laughs> but that's why I asked you if you would do it again, because she kind of influenced me, but I don't think that's the kind of influence mm. one wants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was me by myself, I probably would because imagine like two dudes in the car it got a kind of rough smelling mm. after a while and so it was just one of those deals where it was like all right we did it it was an experience now let, let's pretend like we're professionals and <laughs> yeah but you know i often tell a lot of young musicians that like uh, early on during the pandemic they'd come to our uh, young musicians would ask for advice and whatnot and I tell them, it's like, you know, you're 17, 18 years old. You have no real responsibilities. You're like so young. You got a car right there. Mm -hmm. As long as you have enough, just save up your money till you graduate or, you know, like whatever, jump in that car and then drive until you're either A, run out of money or B, you're where you want to be and you're going to learn more in that summer of playing music and just having a good time than you would going to school. I highly agree with you. I think I have learned more on the job mm -hmm. than I could have in any, any school environment. And although I went to very prestigious schools and I studied music and I mm -hmm. studied theater and I studied songwriting, nothing could prepare me for the things that I learned literally in the moment on stage mm -hmm. in, in, in every way. Mm -hmm. And I often tell people, you learn more about yourself in your most defeated moments than mm. you ever will in school or, you know, in these sheltered areas. Cause it's like only you, the only way you find out if you have the will to keep going is after you've gotten kicked in the teeth, kicked in the ass and pushed over and you still want to go, you that's know, like, absolutely true. that's, that's the only way I know how to find out if you really love what you're doing. Yeah. So. Especially too. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the people who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people say to me, they're like, why are you doing this? Like, you don't have to do music. Like you're really smart. Like you're really pretty, like you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, I want to do this. And a lot of people, you know, kind of discourage you, especially if you are a musician and they'll say, well, you know, it's going to be really hard to have a family one day or, you know, like you better hope that you, you marry someone who really understands your lifestyle. It's a hard lifestyle. I'm like, thank you for your support. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Mm. And I, I definitely got criticism like that early on doing what I'm doing because like I move a lot and, you know, I'm on the road. Pre-pandemic, I was on the road a lot since the pandemic haven't quite been on the road as much as I normally would be, but, um, you know, it's just kind of like, I, I'm, I'm cool with what I'm doing. If I don't get married until I'm 45, it is what it is. Like I'll be where I want to be. I'll be happy. That's all anybody can ask for. And like, uh, early on, my parents didn't quite understand. And then finally they just realized, yo, you're the happiest you've ever been. So keep doing it. Like, yeah. So it, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective when you kind of have that turn of, um, you know, the realization, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. You kind of mm -hmm. have that realization of, oh, Hey, they didn't understand, but 
I love this. They see it. They recognize it. Cool. You know, and we just kind of keep it moving. So that's. Yeah. And that's actually what specifically inspired me to write my single Be Who You Want to Be. Because I feel like society is so wrapped up in this idea of married by 30, have a stable job, make sure you buy a house, have a have a a nice car, get the white picket fence, have two kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, although that's a beautiful picture, that's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And the people who have attained those things, the people who I know, not all of them are happy. Mm-hmm. Because they thought once they hit that checklist, yeah. that's what would make them happy. So um, after talking to them and then again, following my passion of, okay, well, I'm just going to do music. And if you don't understand, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's again, I really wanted to um, convey to people, especially the younger generation, that you don't have to do those things. Just follow what's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're the type of person to not marry till you're 45, mm-hmm. that's fine. At least you'll be happy. Yeah. When did you have this uh, realization? Was there like a specific moment? It was during COVID. Okay. When we had all had nothing to do and we were all sitting around. And uh, I was I was thinking about what what my life would look like when things got back to normal because I was gigging constantly every single day, but I was gigging for other people. So mm-hmm. I was a working I was a working performer in New York City, which was great, but I never had the courage, I never had the will, and I never had the um, self confidence to do my own music. Mm-hmm. So that's when you know my wheels started turning because in COVID, we all had to do this self realization. Yeah. Do you have any uh, regrets? of your time during COVID? Like everybody seemed to have a lot more free time to take advantage of stuff. Do you have any regrets during COVID? COVID was fantastic for me. That I can't tell you COVID changed my life because that was the time for me to get back into what I wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. I practiced guitar every day. I wrote songs every day. I was able to get like more than five hours of sleep as a performer. So my voice was soaring and I truly loved COVID. I was able, all the things that I wasn't able to do in that rat race of New York City life living, you know, I was able to do them and it was so fulfilling. And I truly, I truly um, feel like if COVID didn't happen for me, I wouldn't be as good as I am right now. I wouldn't be where I am today. And I certainly would not be saying to you, I'm headlining a festival and going on tour. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I've, often say a lot of the same stuff. I wouldn't know 90% of the musicians I know now or have talked to or have had on this podcast. Like, oh, I mean, had it not been for COVID, I would have just kind of let the podcast die. Live and Amplified would have probably just kind of died off and I'd probably just be working my job and going to work, coming home and drinking my Lone Star or, you know, whatever Texas, you know, whatever. And that's Um, an easy, that's an easy uh, way of life to kind of fall into. mm -hmm. And I'm trying my hardest not to fall into that life because there's definitely those moments where it's like, you know what? I'm killing myself for this. And it's just not like it's growing, but it's not growing fast enough. And it's like, man, maybe I should just pack it up, call it a day. Yeah. But no, I I keep doing it and I enjoy it. And the pandemic really, really, I found my limitations of what I can do. And I hit that red line and it's like, okay, pull it back, pull it back. 
yeah. and pulled it back. And now we're, we're kind of cruising. Uh, started off doing 21 podcasts a week. Yes. And then um, found out that I was sounding like my grandma chain smoking. And because I wasn't taking care of my voice. So like, just imagine like a lot of gravel in my voice and then just like super deep. And um, that's what my voice sounded like there for a good minute until my buddy was like, yo, if you're going to do this, you got to take care of yourself because you're going to destroy yourself. It's true. A lot of people think that when you start a podcast, it's like, oh, you just talk, but your voice is a muscle. Mm -hmm. When it is tired, you need to rest it. No, no remedy is going to is going to cure it. Sometimes yeah. you just need to rest. Yeah. And it was one of those deals where I didn't know that there was like vocal care protocols, like different things that you needed to do or you should do. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I wasn't drinking nearly as much water as I do now. And like that, everybody was like, yeah, that's game rule one right there. Just drink water. Yeah. So it's a, uh, it's yeah. definitely been a learning experience and I'm happy to be where I'm at and we're, we're hopefully going to start traveling soon. So that's what I'm excited about. I, I love Yeah, Let me know. Though. That's awesome. So. I'm actually very curious to see how many, um, how many of your listeners and your viewers were positively affected by COVID. Yeah. It's uh, it, it would definitely be a good, um, like exper- I don't want to say experiment. That sounds weird, but it'd be like a good social, uh, ex- social. We'll call it a social experiment. I'm good with that. Um, mm-hmm. To kind of see and put out a poll and be like, hey, so what'd you learn during the pandemic? Now that we're kind of, yes, the pandemic's still very much a thing, but we're kind of reaching those stages of normalcy that people said that we'd probably never see again. It's very interesting. I was having this conversation with one of my uh, my my friends who's also a singer and a lot of people keep saying, let's get back to normal. Let's get back Mm -hmm. to normal. Things will never be normal. Mm. COVID has changed everyone's life. So even in our way to get back to quote unquote normal, it's not really going to be ever be like that anymore. So it's almost like you have to just, you have to just get on with it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's never going to be like it was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so many people, so many people are trying to get back to where it was and, I feel like it's not, it's not really going to do anything. Yeah. And you know, it's like, to me, I feel like everything's pretty much back to where it was back in 2020 minus a few things, but they weren't things that like was hindering my life before. So it was like, or benefiting my life, not hindering my life. They weren't like (laughs) benefiting my life before. So it was okay. They're gone. It's one of those things where it's like um, atrophy. If you don't use the muscle, you lose it. So it's not, but that's just my opinion and standpoint on it. What's really weird is I'm, I'm being very uh, paranoid now. So like on the New York subways, if someone behind me is coughing, I'm like, are they wearing their mask? (laughs) Well, I mean, in a, in a place like that, there's definitely things to be aware of because I've heard stories about the New York subway just being like germ pools and, Oh, it's always been a germ pool. I mean, it's the New York subway. Yeah. But now that like COVID is a thing, it's like, don't sneeze, do not cough. And if you do, you better have a mask on or people are going to look at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely interesting. Like uh, in Texas where I'm at, we have, uh, this is kind of not an equal comparison, but I'm going to try and equalize it a little bit. 
we have a, a few different Walmarts and I go to the one furthest out of town because it is the cleanest and nicest. Mm-hmm. And when I tell, or when I tell my friends or talk to my friends about it, they're like, why do you drive 30 minutes to go to the Walmart on the other side of town when you have one five minutes away from you or two within 10 minutes of you? And I'm like, because every other Walmart that's within 15 minutes of me, I feel like the second I walk in there, I'm going to catch an undiscovered strain of hepatitis. (laughs) And it's just one of those things where they're all so dirty. And then it's just, it's like, nope, I'm good. The one 30 minutes outside of town, it's clean. The people there are nice and they don't look at me like I'm an outsider. So I'm going to continue. I fully support you in that. And if any of your friends are giving you crap, you just tell them to call me because that is smart thinking right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like I, I've been through like living in shady situations and going into shady parts of town and all that stuff. And it's like I'm almost 35. I'm not dealing with that. Like I, I want to go to the nice part of town. I'm going to go there. Yes, gas is insanely expensive and I'm probably spending m- way more money in gas just to get to the nice part of town. I'm going to do it. Don't you do things for the experience? Yes. So, I mean, that's what everything all all comes down to. Why do you go to a concert? Why do you listen to a certain song? Why do you watch a movie? So it all, it all comes down to the experience. And if you, if you are willing to go to Walmart, which is 30 minutes away, as opposed to five in a better environment where you feel safe mentally and physically, it's worth it. Yep. Absolutely. So that's that, that, that I've tried to make it an equal comparison, but you know, doesn't always land but it works <laughs> um so you're in the middle of working on the new single and then the upcoming single in August, or we're not in the middle of working on it you're mastering my my bad yeah uh, so i have two singles that i'm two singles i'm working on one is in the mastering process one we are still we're like about to record but we're not really there yet And uh, I'm getting my music video in like the beginning stages for the first song. I will have a music video for the second song, but that's not for a while. So I'm not even gonna gonna think about that right now. What's going through your mind as you're preparing for this tour? You've got the music in the mastering stage. You got music videos in pre-production. What's Mm kind of going through your mind right now? A bunch of different things. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. I am, um, I feel like a little burnt out Mm. because I'm doing so many things at once. Like if I could just focus on this tour, that'd be great. But instead I'm, I'm going in the record studio for six hours at a time. Then I'm coming home and I'm on the phone with the the director or the, you know, how are we going to do this music video? What are our locations? And then at, you know, at night, then I have to practice my guitar and, and figure out my set lists. So I'm kind of being pulled in all different directions mm-hmm. on top of continuing to perform in the five bands that I'm in. Yeah. So, um, so a little bit of like overwhelmingness, mm-hmm. but it's very interesting. We were talking about before and just to kind of tie it back in, mm-hmm. you have to really love what you do. Yep. So although I feel like I'm being pulled in different directions, although this tour is a little more expensive than I than I thought it was going to be, there's that. All those little details that you don't think about to plan, um, they kind of sneak up on you, especially last minute. I'm still loving it. I'm still mm-hmm. loving the process. I love to learn. I love to figure out what I could do differently and what are the things that kind of go into yeah. 
a song or into a music video or into a tour, into planning stuff. So it's kind of like a mix of bag, like a, a mix of emotions, mm -hmm. but it's all enjoyable at the end of the day. And I truly, truly love it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What do you hope to, with this being your first tour of what, like four or five dates? Mm -hmm. What do you hope to uh, take out of this experience? Um, I have a very specific goal for myself and this happened during COVID. Uh, I never had the self-confidence to play by myself. Mm -hmm. I always did gigs with bands or I always did gigs with like a trio. Mm -hmm. I never had the confidence to play and sing by myself. And that was because uh, <laughs> and one of my ex-boyfriends a long time ago was like, you're a terrible guitarist. You should never play. You're so bad. Oh, no. Oh, no. So during COVID, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start learning guitar mm -hmm. and I'm going to like become so confident that I'm going to be able to play a four hour set myself and be good. So that it's kind of like a personal goal for myself is I want to a perform solo and not be scared, have the confidence to kind of tell that voice to shut up. <laughs> um, to prove to myself that I'm good enough that I can carry that show and I don't need to rely on a full band or other musicians to kind of do something that I can do. And three, of course, gain new fans and learn more about people, how they're responding to me and what they want. Because I have my own interpretation of who I am and what I bring to the world, but it could be totally different than what everybody else sees. For sure, for sure. That's really exciting and I hope you nothing hope you have nothing but success on this tour although it be it bit scary because it's coming out to cost more than you thought it would which is unfortunately always the case yeah so. it happens it's life yeah and uh you know i i you're gonna meet some amazing people on tour you're gonna have some amazing experiences and some not so amazing experiences you know just as kind of life is you know but it, it's all part of the uh, growing process in this crazy world of the music business so yeah and i think it also stems from this um this need to i want to be taken seriously as a musician mm -hmm. so a lot of people especially when you first meet in my experience i don't want to i don't want to generalize to other people but at least for me a lot of people will walk in the room they'll see me and they'll immediately judge me and they'll be like "Ugh, yeah. so this girl like she probably thinks she's cool like she's amazing and they yeah. give me all these judgments and these stigmas and so i think at the end of the day i want to prove again to myself but to other people that i'm a professional i take my craft seriously i take the business seriously and i love what i do and that I want to be respected as a true musician. I'm not some bubblegum, mm. uh, fake, fake um, artist who just wants ego, ego followers. And like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, coming from just a superficial place. Yeah, it's coming from a place of like, I am a singer songwriter. This is who I am, and you will respect me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely early stages of live and amplified. We were very superficial as far as oh we have to have x we got to hit this goal of x amount of facebook followers instagram followers you know we got to look good and then it's just now that we're finally uh realizing oh it, well not now but like the pandemic we finally realized oh like we have eight thousand followers but 
you know, how many of them actually know who we are, care who we are, how many of them, you know, come back and return. Like, I mean, we've got our come like people that come through and support us and that's cool. That's great. But we didn't build that authentic connection. So it's kind of like back to the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, okay, we need to build that authentic connection and just kind of meet our fans or our followers or our supporters, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, just build that authentic connection. And yeah. So, yeah. And especially for me too, I mean, my job relies on the audience. So Mm -hmm. I really want to build connections and I want to meet new people and I want to see besides, you know, besides the Spotify statistics, I want to see them in person. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, just cause like, I'm much better like doing this face to face, like the conversations better. And I feel like people get more out of it. Whereas if we were to just do this on the phone and like, you know, just, I don't know, th- there's a misconnection of just not knowing who our followers are and like, there's a lack of authenticity. Agreed. And that's the thing too. I feel, I I don't know if you asked this question last time, but I get this question a lot and I say the same thing every time. They're like, Oh, do you like performing? Like, why don't you do IG lives? Do you like performing on, on, you know, Facebook live? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't like to do it. And that's why I don't, because I have no idea what is happening on the other side of the camera. All Mm -hmm. I see is myself in the frame Mm -hmm. and I have absolutely nothing to work from. And if you, if you really break down what music is and, you know, performing, it's an exchange between the creator and the audience. Mm -hmm. So if I'm just looking at myself in a camera, that's not really a great experience for anyone. So for sure. (laughs) Well, I agree with you. That's kind of why I like doing this podcast. Like, live streaming it is cool because yeah the audience is there and we can interact with them as like questions come in and whatnot but that's not like it's not just 100 percent me putting on this show so to speak it's us having a conversation yeah and then there's an audience kind of tuning in which is really cool yes and i feel like that's kind of the secret ingredient to anything that's successful mm-hmm. so like anything between like an interview or even music mm-hmm. it's it's about what's happening between the the interviewee and the interviewer mm-hmm. or about what's happening on stage with the musicians or on stage with the actors oh, yes. and whatever is happening there will um influence how the audience is doing mm-hmm. But if you're just performing for the audience or if you're just worried about them, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little shallow. It's not going to be as deep and meaningful. Yeah, for sure. I do have one more question for you about social media. I saw you post something on your Instagram today. It looked like you were doing some kind of a USO military. Yeah. What was the? Because I just saw you and like two other ladies in like old school World War II military garb. Mm-hmm. getting ready to I'm assume perform saying something yep so that was one of the groups that I'm in it's uh it's called the American bombshells mm-hmm. they're very similar to the USO except they're not officially part of the the mm-hmm. union 
this is a nonprofit organization. It's a 401c3. And just like you would suspect, we go around, we sing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, um, God Bless the USA. Uh, Today was, uh, I believe they were having an event in Oyster Bay, Long Island, and it was honoring our veterans. I I don't know if it was like Veteran Appreciation Day, but something along those lines. So they hired the American Bombshells and we sang around like two hours worth of, of sets. And then we took pictures with the veterans. And it was so, so beautiful. I just, I love, I love giving back to the community. And like, there are world, there are so many World War II veterans, and there's actually not that many anymore. Mm. And there, a lot of them were there and they were coming up to us and they're like, thank you so much. Yeah. Crying. It was beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I was watching a uh, interview or a, yeah, an interview. I think it was a podcast. I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head, but the guy was, uh, doing something similar where he would take uh, World War II vets to battlefields that they've uh, fought in. That's just a- as a kind of like as they enter these late stages of their life. Like it's mainly, I believe it's like 99% World War II vets. So as they enter their last stages of life, they go to these places and just try and have some closure to all these experiences that they had. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the common one is they go to Pearl Harbor a lot. Like they bring it like uh, Navy personnel that survived Pearl Harbor, you know, just that sort of stuff. And then they'll go out to like Normandy and like all the iconic battlefield places. Yeah. And it it's just really interesting. And it's one of those he brought up. I think the whole point of the conversation initially was World War II and just like that type of person being around. And it's like, and how uh, popular culture now kind of romanticizes World War II about like a lot of these iconic, I don't, it, it was a weird conversation that was kind of going on. I felt like I had jumped in the middle of it, but I was there because I wanted to listen to this one part about his experiences of taking vet, him and his daughter taking uh, World War II vets to the uh, different battlefields and stuff, so. Yeah. What I find very interesting, and um, I'd love to dive more into this psychology wise, but (laughs) that'll be for another day. Uh, You know, when I always when we always talk to the veterans after our shows, we get pictures with them. They don't like to talk about it. Mm. You know, they they, they'll just say like, oh, you know, I served I served in the army. I served. I I was Mm. a Marine. And we'll say, okay, where where were you stationed? And they'll say and then that's it. Like they they don't like to kind of open that wound. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious how that how this guy is doing because a lot of people in my experience they have shut that chapter of their yeah. life and they do not want to open it again yeah. Okay. that's how my uh mom's dad was he served in the navy in world war ii and the only reason i knew he served in the navy was uh when we were young he would show us pictures of like just him and his squad or team or you know like whatever uh, just hanging out, he'd show us different pictures. And I don't ever remember him talking about his experiences. The only reason I know that he was stationed in China is because I have a footlocker over here that unintentionally became my uh, living room table. <laughs> uh, it has a bunch of China stickers on it. So it's like, okay, he served in China. You know, that that just kind of starts to make sense. So um but yeah so like i learned a little bit more about his experiences 
but not through him telling me it's putting context clues together, finding the different stuff. And supposedly my dad found a whole bunch of his service records and he wants us to go through it and just kind of learn a little bit more about his experiences. But, you know, my grandpa passed away six years ago now, I think five, six years. So yeah, it's a beautiful. You should do that. Yeah, I, I'm really interested. It's I've always been really interested in World War II and just kind of learning the psychology behind everything that was going on during that time. And, you know, I've always I, been- a, I think you make a great point when you say Hollywood is kind of romanticizing mm-hmm. the wartime and, I'll, I, you know, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You look at that and you're like, oh, how beautiful. Like, look at, like, look how cute Peggy looks and like yeah. everything, but they don't, like, remember, it's still Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. It's still like traumatizing in every single way, but nobody wants to see that anymore. But I, I think I think you make a great point when you say that. I never really thought about that until just now. Yeah, because like I mean, if you think about it, the, like the iconic or a couple of the iconic moments from World War II is like the day that the war ended. You've got the Navy guy and that lady kissing, and it's like we're strangers. Very, yeah, the the iconic photo there, and then the them raising the flag over Eugene. Yeah. But yeah, my brain's a little not functioning a hundred percent right now. So, um, but yeah, they, it, it was an interesting point that was made. And like you, I had to sit there and think about it for a second. And I'm like, well, shoot, you're right. They, they do. It's, and who is they, I don't know, but yeah. they do. So. And now I think we're on the brink of world war three. So, I mean, ugh, just, <sighs> yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how the next, couple of years pan out but i yeah i i'm doing my best to not think about it at this moment but yeah. it, it's hard not to so <laughs> um cool but going back to that that was the american bombshells mm-hmm. and i absolutely love it and that kind of feeds into my uh my solo mm-hmm. career because i didn't realize how much i loved and how much love that the veterans need mm-hmm they need to to be appreciated. They need to hear, thank you for your service. And I feel like society doesn't do that much anymore mm. about that. So when I, um, you know, when I, when I perform, I always perform God bless America. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that I say to people, I stand with veterans and for any veterans who are in the audience, thank you so much for everything that you've done. You've sacrificed. You probably have PTSD just so I could stand here on this stage. And mm-hmm. I thank you so much. Yeah. So I do feel like this is something that is a part of my life, whether I'm performing or not, mm-hmm. but just like in my heart for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. When you perform with the American Bombshells, is it just you kind of doing acapella or is there like a backing track or do you have a band or? Yeah, we have a backing track. Okay. Sometimes we will perform with the bands. So um, I did, or we did a show. I want to, it was somewhere upstate New York, like some mm. really prestigious theater shea stadium okay and we performed with an orchestra and that was amazing it was super cool yeah so i mean that was like an an 80-piece orchestra that we performed in front of but for the most part because of budget reasons Mm -hmm. a lot of people just kind of hire us and we just kind of do backing tracks gotcha that's cool that's you know and especially if it's like a smaller like a i don't want to say a smaller community fest that honors vets kind of i'm assuming kind of like what you went to today they don't have the setup or the infrastructure to bring in a band you know i 
that makes total sense so yeah because i mean if you think about it for the people who don't know i mean each each band member gets at least four hundred dollars so four hundred dollars per person four hundred times five people you know that's like and that and then you have to factor in like travel expenses as as well so that's Mm -hmm. like a fifteen hundred dollar thing right there oh yeah for sure man it's it's so nice to hear that musicians are actually getting or some musicians i'm not going to say every musician but some musicians are actually getting paid because you know tough times right now a lot of venues just aren't paying the musicians what they should be but that's a whole nother another kettle of fish that yeah (laughs) that'll be the next podcast yeah that's the next podcast it's like i feel (laughs) like there's so much we could jump into there but um (laughs) you got the new single jumping out end of june you've but before you got the um, uh, music tour, I knew I'd get the words out eventually. Uh, you got the tour coming up. You leave, start Monday, and then you're doing a little five-day run. And then are you, is the music, I'm assuming the music festival is over Memorial Day weekend? It is. So it's over Memorial Day weekend. So I'm performing yeah. Saturday and Sunday. I believe the festival ends on the 31st. Okay. And then people can go home and have family barbecues and do what they have to do. So I'm not sure whether I'm going to, whether we're going to stay and enjoy mm-hmm. a Memorial day, or if we're just going to kind of head, head back to New York that day. So we'll see. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it took, how, how far of a trip is it usually from New York to, you said it's in Raleigh. It's in Raleigh. So if you just go straight through, that's about like seven, seven and a half hours. Okay. That's that's like a typical day for me. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm kidding. I get, I get. So. <laughs> well, last year when we performed, it was just me and a guitarist, and we just left after a show. We're like, "Do you want to drive through the night? There's going to be no traffic." And we looked at each other. We're like, "Yeah." Yes. So we ended our set at like 10 p.m. We packed up. We were we were ready to go by midnight, mm-hmm. and we got to New York by 7 a.m. And it was yeah. great. Nice. Oh, you're traveling back to New York. That's what we did last yeah. year. Yep. Oh wow, that's great. I've definitely done similar stuff, but then I've also, you know, you, you do it when you have somebody else with you, it's one thing, but when you're doing it solo, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that that much more because that's how you end up sleeping on the side of the road because you just can't make it. And yeah, it's yeah. A, I don't it's know. A- I actually like driving by myself. I think because I can get vocal rest and then maybe catch up on podcasts oh, or yeah whatever I need to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I don't mind driving by myself. It's just one of those things where like, if you already had a long day and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go try and uh, beat make myself or get home. So I can at least have the rest of the day or all of the tomorrow to uh, mm-hmm. get, get rested or, you know, just kind of hang out before you got to go back to work or whatever your grind, whatever the grind is. It doesn't ever pan out that way. So yeah. you just push yeah. yourself a little too hard, too oh, yeah. hard. For sure. For sure. So um, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. One thing we got to do, we did it last time. It is our random rapid fire randomness. That's I came up with a name with it. So I love this rapid fire randomness. So I've got for anybody that's new listening to us, I've got a random question generator in front of me. And I'm going to just fire off a few random questions and you're going to answer them as quickly as you can. It never works out that quickly because there's always like caveats and stuff that people have to throw in, but it's what I remember. I remember this was tough last time. Yes. (laughs) So if you're ready, I will fire some of these off and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ready. Have you ever faked being sick? 
Yes. If you could choose between coffee or beer for the rest of your life, what would it be? Beer. If Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's not a name I hear that often, but that, that's a good, good one. <laughs> um, would you rather re- catch myself? Would you rather relive the same day for 365 days or lose a year of your life? Oh, that was a deep uh, one. Holy wow! I would, I would relive the same day. Okay, Groundhog Day it up for a while. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Groundhog Day it up. I, I'm with yeah. it. Um, what is the best quote you've ever heard? This too shall pass. Good. Uh, what are normal things? Nope, nope. I can't ask that. There's nobody sitting next to you. I don't think is there. No. <laughs> okay. Next question. Reese's or Snickers? Reese's. What are four product brands you can't live without? Oh, I'm not a brand person. This is really hard. Um, sure. Okay. Taylor. Okay. Fender. And brands brands oh gosh i don't know and she frantically looks around her room to yeah i'm like i'm like i'm the worst person i do not care about fashion um uh maybe like nike there you go that works yeah. we're worth it and then to <laughs> add to probably destroy your career with this question but what <laughs> sequel was actually better than the original Ooh. I know that there are some, but it's not coming to mind. And it doesn't, it could be your opinion and not necessarily a factual thing. Hmm. Sequel. I'm trying to think of all the movies with sequels first. Okay. And then. No. Oh my God, I'm having such a hard time. Would it be better if I rephrased it to remake better than the original? What movie is the remake better than the original? Would that help? Or no? Mm -hmm. Okay, I have one. I have one. I don't know. Well, I don't know if this would be what this would consider, but it's not the first one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. I think that's better than the one than the first movie, which was going to Wally World. Yeah. And I think it's better than uh, when they go European vacation. Yes. I so, often feel like European vacation is the bastard child of the vacation movies. It's, it just, it's just like that random one that's out there. And it's like, I've watched it a couple times. I, I'm not about it. Like Christmas vacation, December classic. I watch it probably about six times in December. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, original the original one vacations good and then i grew up watching vegas vacation because it was like that first edgy movie that you could watch because it was still like pg-13 or whatever but it was still really edgy and it was like all right cool I'm, I'm mr with papa it. giorgio yep yep absolutely <laughs> and i remember 
in like sixth or seventh grade, my mom would sit with us at the bus state or a bus stop because she was so concerned that we would get abducted or so. I don't, I don't a hundred percent remember, but I would sit in the back seat of her car and she had a uh, VCR TV set in the back of her van. And I would just sit there watching Vegas vacation every day before school. And then <laughs> at some point, uh, all the kids would just sit around on the side of the van and just kind of, we'd all sit there and watch like four minutes of Vegas vacation at a time. So love it. It, it, yeah. I feel pretty solid about that answer. Although it's not really a sequel sequel, but it's not the first. The only reason people don't consider it a sequel sequel is because the kids always randomly change and yeah. so i don't know uh, why they do that yeah and i never noticed as a kid and then i sat down like five years ago and i was like oh yeah like none of this age or none of this makes any kind of sense so <laughs> but, um yeah so that that's that's fair so um but once again i want to thank you so much uh people want to check out your tour what are your tour stops again yeah so you can go on my website www.rayradick.com and it has a list there of all my upcoming shows um the ones off the top of my head that i remember is greenbelt maryland um salisbury north carolina there's one in louisburg north carolina and i think there's possibly one in richmond virginia but okay. that's not confirmed gotcha gotcha yeah. cool and then uh, uh social medias and spotify if people yep. want to interact with you please um i i love instagram i don't really check facebook as much yeah. so um you can dm me no problem r-a-e-r-a-d-i-c-k of course my uh i'm on spotify and youtube as well with all my music videos so you can check me out there as well yeah, for sure. I can attest. She is very active on Instagram. She will get back to you as quickly as she can. I've <laughs> never been ghosted for more than 24 hours when I needed yeah. to speak to you. So I Perfect. appreciate that. Of course. But, Can't ghost you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but once again, I really appreciate you jumping on here and chatting with us. Uh, thank you everybody for hanging out with us. If you're not following us, on any of our socials, live and amplified, uh, come hang out. We'd love to love to meet new people, bring in new fans. You know, we got amazing musicians on all the time. Ray included. She's a two-time guest, which is not as easy as people think. Like it's really hard to uh, get a second invite back on. So. I'm honored. Thank but, you. Uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us. And if you're watching us on Twitch and you're not following us, please give us a follow. We are celebrating uh, hitting affiliate. That that was a big milestone for us. And now we're just trying to uh, gain our followers up. So if you're listening and you're not following us on Twitch, uh, please do so. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, but once again, thank you so much, Ray. Thank you for hanging out. It was an absolute blast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you all tomorrow morning. Thank you, Tom, for having me. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>